With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Meet Friday. We hope to locate Seton O'Connor and the French Kid somewhere outside of Kansas City, headed into Oklahoma or Nebraska or all the above. Trent Dilfer, former Super Bowl winning quarterback, now the head coach at the University of Alabama, will join us a little bit later on, as will Charles Barkley. LeBron James is zeroing in on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time record. He's 63 away from breaking Kareem's mark and probably going to maybe break it against Milwaukee at home. Kareem, of course, started his career there. Maybe that would be poetic, I guess. Hopefully Kareem shows up. Hopefully he gets his flowers as well in the process. LeBron had 26. More importantly, the Lakers rallied from 14 down to beat the Pacers. They've got the Pelicans coming up, then Oklahoma City, and then Milwaukee. But if you look at his scoring average, he'd be a couple away. It'd be a nice buildup to that game against Milwaukee. If he's four away, five away, and going into that. And I still want to know if I can get a prop bet on LeBron breaking the record with his own version of a sky hook. Even if he tried, I, I can almost guarantee. LeBron would try a sky hook in that game. His version of a sky hook. You would be honoring Kareem. Now, people, of course, it's LeBron. They'd be going, oh, he's making a mockery of this. Like, oh, he's going to do it that way. No matter what LeBron does, you know, people are still going to have a hard time with it. They'll have a problem with it. I think it'd be awesome if you were honoring him by shooting a sky hook and maybe breaking the all-time record. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. That's our streaming partner. Download the app and watch for free. Our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and the other great cities around America who have embraced this program. Uh, NFL Pro Bowl events last night. We came up with the solution because... Tyler Huntley should not be a Pro Bowl quarterback, but if you invite him to the activities, then that's great. It shouldn't show up on his resume that he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. You have one team that you vote, and that is it. That is the Pro Bowl team for 2022, that season, and that's it. If you're a third alternate, you're not a Pro Bowler. That's it. Now we have... You know, we, we fixed what could be a potential problem down the road when somebody goes, you know, Tyler Hunt, he's a pro bowler. Vince Young, he's a pro bowler. Mitchell Trubisky, pro bowler. Okay, if you're the fourth alternate, you're not the pro bowler. It's like if you go to the slam dunk contest, you're not an all-star. You're there at the all-star weekend. Three-point shooting contest. You're not an all-star. You're part of the three-point shooting contest there. Yes, Mark. Is that almost like uh, Major League Baseball when each team has to have a representative? Mm. And you say, hey, uh, that year Fred McGriff made that last All-Star team yeah. because they needed somebody from the Devil Rays yes. to be represented. Like, oh, do all are all of those All-Star games, like the NBA All-Star game, if you're, I think Barkley had 11. He earned those 11 because it's only 12 from each conference. With the Pro Bowl, eighth alternate, David Garrard, Steve Berline. Yeah, I wonder if the NBA did that, and you'd go, uh, Paolo Bencaro is going to make the NBA All-Star team if you have to have a representative from every team. Thankfully, they don't do that. 
Now, this should be the best players, the, you know, the best 24 players in basketball. Look at you standing up for your magic. Well, I do love the magic, and I love my Sacramento Kings, by the way, who De'Aaron Fox, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, they should be all-stars. Sabonis should be. He's been unbelievable. Did you see where the Sacramento Kings, I guess the PR department, they sent wine to some of the other coaches? Now, I don't know if they were bribing them, bribing them but it, it, it sounds like they were. Hey, could you vote for our player? And just a reminder as we send you some nice wine here, uh, would you vote for our players for the uh, NBA All-Star team? Yeah, Mark. Sabonis did make the All-Star team. De'Aaron Fox snubbed. De'Aaron Fox is, you know, that's one of those, he's averaging 24 a game, but you don't get to see him. And maybe because of their record this year, you'll be able to see them a little bit more. I hope so, because it's been a long time coming. Sabonis has been awesome. Uh, by the way, the Greek freak did it again. And I, I'm telling you, when I did Sports Center back in the 90s, if somebody put up 50, you led Sports Center. Like it was a big deal. Giannis scored 20 of his 54 in the fourth quarter. They rallied from 21 down to beat the Clippers. So he had 54 of his team's 106 points. He has 50 or more in three of his last 11 games. Start of the day. The Joker, triple-double, 22-16-14. The Nuggets are 17-0 this season when the Joker has a triple-double. You go back to last season, Denver has won 21 consecutive games in which the Joker had a triple-double. That's the longest streak since, and I forgot all about this, this player had a triple-double, if this is correct, what I have. The Warriors won 23 games, straight games, in which Draymond Green recorded a triple-double. Now, that's from 2015 to 2019. But the triple-double with uh, the Greek freak, uh, or I should say with uh, the Joker, I mean, this is commonplace now. I, I guess 60 is now the, the new 50. How many players have scored? Well, you got two this year. Donovan Mitchell and you got Luka went for 60. Uh, There's a bunch of active guys with 60 now. Uh, Mitchell went for 71 this year. Devin Booker went for 70 just about five years ago. Yes. Now there's you know Steph Curry had a 60 game. Carmelo. Damian Lillard's got a few. Harden's got a few. LeBron's got one. Um, Luca has one. Kyrie has one. Carl Anthony Towns has a 60. Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal has a 60-point game. Yeah. Uh, Kemba Walker has a 60-point game. Clay Thompson has one. The most unlikely of all time might be Gilbert Arenas with a 60. Tom Chambers had a 60. Mm. Will Chamberlain had a truckload of them. Yeah. It's, it's kind of it's silly. You have to go Chamberlain, 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 Bird. Chamberlain, Chamberlain. Baylor. But it, it feels like 60 is the new 50, that you have to get to 60 to get people's attention. And then Donovan Mitchell going for 71. Is somebody going to get to 80? Somebody going to go up there in, in Kobe land? And, and only two people have done it, you know, Wilton and Kobe. And it doesn't seem far-fetched, whereas it used to be. It's like, man, getting to 50 was a big deal. 50 is like, oh, you got 50? What else? Did, did you get a triple-double or anything? No, I just had 50. Oh, okay. Yeah, Paul. Kobe didn't even need overtime. There's a bunch of like 60 and 70-point games. Yeah. There's quite a few that go overtime where you're going to get another six or eight points. Kobe did it in regulation in a win. <laughs> it's almost, Yeah. 81. Yeah. Yes, yes, Marv. And if you, re if you remember that game... It was a pretty competitive that's, game. That's why he was able to go for 81. Right. Who's he going to pass the ball to? Yeah, well, Kobe talked about that, that he got it in, in the course of a competitive game. It wasn't a blowout where you stay in there. They needed that win, and he talked about that. But you go for that, that kind of number. That's one of those where if you're on Toronto, do you say I was there that night against Kobe? Now, Jalen Rose has had – he's owned it. 
but but he said, as he said to us when he joined us, he goes, I didn't guard him the whole night. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> nobody did, Jalen. Yes, Bowie. Will Chamberlain had three games of 70 points or more in one season. <laughs> it, it, he, there's certain athletes where they're almost like out of the picture with discussing stats and stuff because Will Chamberlain's stats are the greatest in NBA history. Stats. Yes. And it's really not that close. It's only, he's like this. Again, you saw him. He, he really is in a separate category where he can't be compared to people, stat-wise. Well, I saw him when he wasn't doing his scoring, uh, maybe off the floor, but I saw him when he was with the Lakers and he was a defensive-minded player because you had great scorers on that uh, Laker team. But, but Wilt played defense, uh, block shots, and I think he shot 72% from the floor you know, one of those years. And, but he, like, I think he got bored with scoring. Uh, like Pete Maravich, I think, got bored. And, you know, you get to the point where you like style points. Brett Favre, to me, hey, there's a touchdown pass there. Yeah, but over there, there's double covered. I can, now let me see if I can squeeze it in there, degree of difficulty. Like, I do think there are certain players in certain sports where you go, this is too easy. I need, like Steph, it feels like, you know, I need, I need a challenge here. And, and Wilt ran out of challenges. I mean, plain and simple. It's like, all right, I, I got 50. It was always about could Wilt win? And then Wilt decided he was going to play a role for the Lakers to win a championship. And they did because he accepted that role. Yes, Mark. Some of those highlights, did you see the guys that were trying to guard him? Well, <laughs> I was like, jeez. I know the 6'4 milkman. I know. They look like me. Yeah. Well, there were guys like Connie Durking who played for the Royals. And I remember going, you know, to the Cincinnati Royals games. And, and I felt bad. But, you know, somebody had to guard Wilt. And usually, you know, double team Wilt. But he was just, he was such a freakish athlete. That it wasn't one, he's just the biggest guy. Like Purdue has this big man, Edie, who might be the best player in college basketball. I don't know how skilled he is. He's just huge. I mean, he's got some, uh, you know, skills, but oh my God. Like you watch him and you go, hey, there's nobody like that in college basketball. I don't know how good he is, but he might be the best player in college basketball. Yeah, Mark. I can't believe the best player in college basketball is we have no idea. Caitlin Clark is the best player yes. in college basketball, or at least the most notable, probably the most famous. If you get a chance or you haven't gotten a chance and you, you want to watch the best shooter in college basketball, men or women, it's Caitlin Clark. It is. Just watch her shoot, where she shoots from. She's, there's nobody like her. She's a great passer, but we've seen her in college basketball. You know, it's three years now. But she's played 100 games in college basketball. If that's what college basketball used to be. So you'd go, oh, that guy last year looked really good. Let's see what he is this next year or the year after that. Now we don't get that opportunity. Therefore, every year you hit the reset and you go, who's the best player in college basketball? I mean, maybe we don't care anymore. We used to. It's like it was coveted that you were the best player in college basketball. It was important. And there was, you know, rivalries who is the best player now you go back to when Leitner played against Shaq and we thought okay let's see what uh, you know can Leitner hold up against Shaq Shaq admits he got embarrassed against Christian Leitner now you'd never compare their two careers in the pros but in college Christian Leitner was a better player Shaq played two years in college Shaq doesn't even get to college basketball now he'd be right in the G League he wouldn't he would not be playing college basketball. You know, it, you get these guys, and if they play three years, two years, it's not happening. Therefore, college basketball, who's the player of the year? I don't know. Yes, Mark. Patrick Ewan playing four years sounds so silly. Yes. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But he became a household name. Like, he was a thing. But also, I, I think it, was, it would be hard to leave Coach K – it would be hard to leave John Thompson. Like there's certain coaches where you go, I don't want to let you down, coach. But then some of these coaches would be like, You're crazy. You gotta go to the go to the NBA. Are you kidding me? You shouldn't be here. Now you get some coaches who get greedy and they're like, I don't know. There's some things you need to work on. Imagine if Shaq played four years college basketball. I mean, he played two. 
if Kobe went to college, if LeBron went to college and, and stayed three or four years. Yes, Mark. Anthony Davis for one more year. Just give him – like he was dominant in that one season. Just give him one more year at Kentucky. But then he had a bad title game. Didn't he go like 0 for 10 or he, something? I, I think he didn't score. I don't think so either. I don't know if he made a basket or not. I think he was like ridiculously dominant on the defensive yes. end. Yes. I think he was controlling the game on the defensive end, but really didn't do anything on the offensive end. Yeah. All right. Uh, Trent Dilfer is going to join us coming up. We mentioned uh, the Pro Bowl. I'm going to talk about this Joe Mixon story because I want to make sure that I got all the information. Because right now it feels a little murky that the Bengals running back has an arrest warrant out for menacing, a menacing charge. And uh, the complaint was filed yesterday in uh, Hamilton County outside of Cincinnati. The Bengals said they're aware of the charges against Mixon. Club is investigating the situation. Apparently he pointed a gun at an individual January 21st and said the person should be, quote, popped in the, spa- uh, in the face. The warrant states the incident occurred on the intersection of Walnut Street and East 3rd downtown. I don't know if he knew the person. But uh, his agent, Peter Schaefer, said that uh, it was a rush to judgment and he felt like uh, the officials will drop the charges this morning. But, I mean, keep in mind, he punched a woman back in 2014. That was misdemeanor assault. He was at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, But uh, he's got... Let's see, he signed that four-year extension in 2020, $48 million, named to the Pro Bowl in 2020. But that's all we have with Joe Mixon, and I don't know if there's cause to move on from him. He got that second contract. There are parallels with him and Ray Rice as far as their contracts. Uh, I think around the same age with uh, this this incident, I think Ray was 26 and uh, had been a Pro Bowl running back, and then that was it. They were done with him. Mixon didn't do much in the playoffs, certainly against Kansas City. Played in the Buffalo game as well. But uh, that's all we have with this. But his agent, Peter Schaefer, says he expects the charges to be dropped this morning, stating it was a rush to judgment. I just want to know, did you have a gun, and did you point it at somebody? Like, that's where I'd start with the questions. And there's no wiggle room if you have a gun and you're pointing it at somebody. And with your history. He doesn't have much wiggle room here. All right, we'll talk some football. Trent Dilfer will join us. Charles Barkley will join us in an hour from now. We'll get to more of your phone calls as well. And uh, hope to hear from Seton O'Connor and the French Kid from the road coming up later on this hour. We are. Did I mention what we have for Meat Friday? Barbecue chicken sandwiches and Todd? Chili tater tots? Chili tater tots. Didn't even know you could do that. Nobody has it better than we do. Definitely no one. No, mm-hmm. no, nobody. No, We're back after this Dan Patrick show. Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. When you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you're opening up more than just doors. You're unlocking potential. The potential to do your own thing. Each and every Sprinter van built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal that you set. Help you follow your own passion. Reawaken the spirit of adventure. And that's what the French kid and Seton are doing. Owning a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van lets you live and work and play out your dreams. There are 16 body types, your choice of gas or diesel engine, thousands of ways to customize, now available in all-wheel drive. A Sprinter van capable and versatile enough to help drive your ambitions wherever you want them to take you. Go to danpatrick.com, enter the contest, And next week at this time in Arizona, we'll announce the winner of that Sprinter van. Now's the time to discover what moves you the most. Don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Usher Friday, according to Marvin. I let him handle the music this month. I'm not familiar with this Usher song. Yeah, this is one of those in the club. You go to the club? Yeah, I don't go to the club. This, hey, in Arizona, we'll go to the club? No, we're not going to a club. What about a Super Bowl party? They'll play this. I'm going to be in bed by 8 o'clock. <laughs> Eastern? <laughs> no. Local. But you don't want to go to the DP? No. No. Well, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no, no, no. Yes, Paulie. Are there any clubs, Marvin, in Scottsdale, Arizona, that open around 5 p.m. local time and close at yeah. 8 p.m.? Yeah. Efforting. If the party's going around 5.30, 6 o'clock, then I'll go to the club with you, Marvin. All right? Duck club. In the house, okay. Uh, they say good things come to those who wait. Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. Takes no time to set up a test drive at your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Super Bowl champ with the Ravens. Now the University of Alabama head coach, former NFL analyst, the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Trent Dilfer joins us on behalf of our good friends at Panini America. How are you, Trent? Good, Dan. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. You got your uh, Super Bowl, your miniature Super Bowl trophy there over your left shoulder? So many, yeah. Yeah. Does everybody get one of those? <laughs> no, uh, Bashani bought this for me as I exited after the one year in Baltimore. So <laughs> Wait, that was your parting gift? He gave you a miniature Super Bowl trophy? <laughs> yeah. No, he's really gracious. Uh, it was actually before then. Um, my wife was going to get me one, and and Steve jumped in and, and made sure that the Ravens did it for me. How big is your Super Bowl ring? Uh, you know, I don't wear it very often. I wore it during recruiting, uh, recruiting the kids like it. It's big. It's a, it's a big old sucker. Not as big as the ones they do now, um, but it's a big old flashy thing. And 
And the, the recruits love taking pictures with it when we had them on campus. But see, what I think that they should do is do a school ring, a, you know, like a school ring size that you can wear, where it's not gaudy, where you come in. Michael Strahan had this story. He told Eli he wanted a 10-table ring. And Eli go, what is that? <laughs> you can see it 10 tables away. And it's just too big. You can't wear it out. I agree. I, I, I like your idea. The little like school one or like the high school state championship yeah. size. Yeah. And then they should give everybody like the real, like I think this is 60% the actual size. Uh, they should give all the players like a 80%, 85% size. Like you go by, if you're in Denver's airport and you go by Elway Steakhouse, he's somehow got like 95% replica in the window. It's It's pretty cool. I think every player would appreciate that. Give me the three quarterbacks, two quarterbacks, four. Like, they changed the, the position in the modern oh, era. That's, that's a good one. Uh, I think Elway um, in that 83 draft, so physical, right, that the talent was um, ungodly to a certain degree. Uh, um, golly, I think Favre – you know, I don't think Favre gets enough credit. I, somehow he – he gets dismissed from like the greatest of all time conversations. I, I, you know, I saw it live, you know, getting my butt kicked by him every year while I was in Tampa during those three MVP runs. He, he redefined the position to a certain degree. He was like a combination of Elway, Fran Tarkenton, uh, Warren Moon. Like he was all wrapped up into one guy, which was pretty incredible. Um, I think Lamar Jackson. I think there's, there's like four or five of them right now uh, that are so dynamic, such dynamic athletes and also great passers. Um, we saw this. I'll give you a quick story. About 10 years ago through the Elite 11, we started noticing a real trend where it wasn't just the, the coach's kid that was playing quarterback. It was the biggest, baddest dude on campus in high school. Like you'd go to a high school in Georgia or wherever, and you'd ask the coach, like, who's the best athlete in the school? And they'd say, oh, no doubt it's this guy. And that guy was the quarterback. And now you're starting to see that come true in the NFL. You know, it probably started with Cam Newton, uh, Lamar, um, Mahomes, Josh Allen. You know, these guys are redefining how the position is played. And, and now it's equal decision-making, accuracy, precision with just like this crazy-ass horsepower, too, that uh, makes them so dynamic. But also, I look at Peyton Manning's impact on the game. Yeah, it yeah. might be more important than Brady's impact on the game. Of you know, obviously the results with Tom, but but Peyton changed everything at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, yeah. he's seeing what you got. Now I get to you know change. I mean, we hadn't seen anything like that before, had we? Well, I agree with you, but I don't think Jim Kelly gets enough credit. Now, let's go back to Jim Kelly because oh. he actually was doing that. You know what I mean? It's like Jim was. I went hunting with Jim last year and. And I've known Jim forever, but to hear him talk about, and he was not saying, oh, they don't give me enough credit. He, he was just talking about the complexity of what they did at the line of scrimmage. Now, he was also praising Peyton for taking it a whole nother level. But yes, you're right. Kind of that Jim Kelly started it and then Peyton poured gasoline on it where it was like, okay, we're going to call whatever we want. And Peyton's going to get us in the right protection, the right uh, run game, the right route combination. Uh, and basically was an extension of the offensive coordinator taking the snaps. Yeah, that's a great point. I forget about Jim Kelly and the gun, you know, where he's yeah. calling out the plays. But I, I, you know, Peyton talked about, like, Zach Thomas. I said, you know, there had to be somebody who was equal to you on the other side. He said, yeah, Zach Thomas drove me crazy. He said, I'd call it out, and Zach would say, look, for, look out for the run. And then I'd go, damn, you know, he's, he's got me there. How frustrating must that be? when they know what you're doing it's the worst you know it's the worst when you think you're tricking them but they're tricking you <laughs> like they know what's coming before the ball snap it's funny you mentioned zach thomas i get asked all, all the time with the two hardest defenses i played against and they were they're happening at the same time it was that miami dolphins defense was zach thomas is the middle linebacker and madison was one corner i can't remember who the other corner was but Everything looked exactly the same on every snap until the ball was snapped. Oh, and as the ball was snapped, they played like 12 different things. And then Green Bay at the same time uh, with Reggie and the Roy Butler and that group, you know, it was one Reggie when he decided to play. He was just, you literally couldn't block him. Nobody could. 
Uh, and they had other great players. Uh, I think Leroy Butler is one of the all-time underrated defensive players, at least I played against. Um, and, and their ability, those two defenses were just vicious. Was it Patrick Sertan? Would he have been with Miami back then? I don't want to get myself in trouble. Yeah, I think it was, but I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> I'm uh, getting sold. I forget everything, Dan. We're talking to uh, Trent Dilfer, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Do you, do you ever feel like that you have to apologize because you won a Super Bowl and everybody talks about, well, the defense, like, <laughs> like, well, somebody had to play quarterback. Like, you know, even Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's not fair to somebody who had a prolonged NFL career, but that defense was so good. Do you get where I'm well, coming from with truth that? To it. <laughs> yeah. And there's some truth to it. Like I've owned that. Like, uh, I, I don't think I've ever once gotten my feathers in a ruffle when people say that, you know, I was part of the team, not the reason we won the Super Bowl. I would absolutely agree with that. Okay. Uh, I do think I was the right quarterback for that team in that moment. Uh, and my teammates say that, which is the most affirming thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't play very well that year. I played pretty darn good early on when I took over for four or five weeks. I battled an injury. I played terribly at the last two regular season games. Um, and then the playoffs, you know, the playoffs, we knew who we were. It was just a matter of – literally, it was true. When people say all I had to do was not lose the game, that, that's a reality. The reality was to play the game in such a conservative way that you didn't add any risk uh, to it because we knew a team wasn't – weren't going to score more than 10 points ever against us. So and I don't, I don't get my feathers in a row in a ruffles over that. You know, I don't get defensive over that because there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah. Um, and, and my teammates have been so great, Dan, like over the years, the, those Baltimore Ravens teammates have gone out of their way um, to defend me when, when people uh, want to tear me down on that stuff. And, you know, that's, a, that's important when you when your teammates do that for you. I'm wondering about this with, uh, you know, now you're coaching in college at uh, UAB. How much of your job is coaching? How much of it is kind of cultivating a, 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 a business, a NIL and collect? I mean, yeah. this is more than yes. it feels like college coaching is tougher than coaching in the NFL. I don't know. I haven't been a head coach in the NFL. I have a lot of dear friends that are, so I don't want to make that comparison. And you're definitely a CEO. You're you're not a coach. You're not a you're not a whistle around your neck coach. Very often, uh, you get to do that, and those are the so far those are the most fun days. You know when you actually get to interact with players and and coach ball. Um, but I, I the bulk of this job is is kind of CEO type stuff. There's a business aspect to it. You mentioned it with collectives and NIL. Um, there's a team building. There's coaching coaches. I think that's the thing that. Um, doesn't get talked about enough is you have to hire great people, um, but then you got to coach them up um, to make sure we're all speaking the same language. Uh, you got to empower them. Uh, you got to create a culture is a word that's overused, but I think it paints a picture that everybody in everybody's head. Yeah. You got to create an environment uh, where people are are going the same direction. Um, they feel it's energizing to come to work. Um, when, when we do have adversity, there's people around you to help you get through it. So yeah, it's, it's a lot more other stuff than we'll around your neck and crew socks on going out there and doing bag drills. How do you poach somebody without poaching them? <laughs> like the T word that everybody's doing and using. Yeah. Tampering. Um, yeah. Got, yeah. I think what we've tried to do is just create a really good vibe around our program. You know, they can reach out to you. Uh, they can get in the portal and, and contact you. Um, you know, really, it's about creating an atmosphere around your building and a, and a persona around your program uh, where it's welcoming and, and you want and, and you got to and you got to say, hey, you know, I think Prime does a great job with this on Twitter. Even you know, like, hey, this is what we're looking for. If you're part of this, come join us. Uh, we don't do it on Twitter with the head coach tweets, but we're trying to do the same thing. Like, hey, here's what we're building. Here's what we're about. Uh, if that fires you up, you know, you know where we're at. You know, I think Prime started this thing like, hey, you, you, I'm not hard to get to. I'm not hard to reach. You know where we're at. Uh, I think that's what's going on. But, but the reality of it is we've had a couple poached from us. Uh, we know it's happening. Uh, we know they're talking to these other programs before they're in the portal and uh, it's just the reality of where we're at in this industry, and and you got to live with it. What's the craziest ask from a recruit? 
You know, I haven't had any crazy outrageous one so far. You know, we don't have, you know, SEC money here, and I think everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, but we did have a couple walk in, and, and it was their motivation was definitely to get paid. I actually think they thought, like, I was going to pay him with my NFL money. Like, literally, <laughs> that's what it felt like. Like, yo, coach. That's not legal, loaded. though, Trent. That's not legal. I know. It? Okay. But I'm saying it <laughs> felt that way. Like, it felt like this kid was like, he knows we're not, you know, in the SEC. He knows we're not in the Big Ten. He knows, you know, we don't have some collective, an $8 million collective. But I kind of feel like this kid wants me to tap into my own pockets and, like, pay him with, out of my own checking account. That was not a very long visit, let <laughs> yeah. me tell you that. Um, you're uh, working with our good buddies at Panini America, the exclusive trading card partner of the NFL. What are you doing with them uh, this week and next week? Yeah, they're the best, man. I've been with them, like, gosh, I think it's eight years now. Um, doing weekly stuff. When you know, when I was in college, co- coaching college football, I was doing a lot of videos and stuff. But the coolest thing I get to do is this Panini Super Bowl kid reporter. And I think it was 1,600 kids. No, sorry, 160,000 kids oh. registered for this kid reporter initiative. Uh, and our boy Miles won it this year, and and he gets to go to the front of the line of media night Monday night and ask all the superstars questions that he'll come up with. The bummer of this when they win is they have to hang out with me for the whole night. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll kind of coach him up on what questions to ask and how to how to get in the conversation with Mahomes or Kelsey or Jalen, whoever it is, and uh, kid will get to ask the player a question and do a lot of cool stuff. So it's been an amazing relationship. It's it's one of the more fun things I get to do over the course of the year. And I don't have to stay the whole week at the Super Bowl. So while you're going to bed at 8, I'll be back in Birmingham going to bed at 7.30. How many times did you face Brady? Uh, it wasn't that many. A um, couple times, I think, is all. Did you think anything? Like if I, if, if I would have said that guy is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time, what would you have said, do you think, in that moment? I wouldn't have believed it in the early years. You know, Peyton was the same way. Listen, a lot of young guys, right? I mean, finding your way, um, some of them do. Some like me don't fully find it. Uh, but they're about, I don't know, about year six or seven is when, you know, because you're watching crossover tape. I think where NFL players have the greatest – appreciation of the players is when you're watching crossover tape because you're studying what is crossover tape so we're playing we're playing the colts and the colts played the patriots the week before so you're watching patriot stuff right so you're always watching the defense to get ready for the defense as a quarterback so you're always watching the other quarterback play against that defense and i probably watched brady crossover stuff let's say 15 times and you're just like, wow, how do you see that? How do you see it that quick? Wow, he changed that protection. Wow, what a perfect throw. Or, man, I didn't think about, you know, using my eyes that way and getting back to the other side. And then you just kind of gained an appreciation for the nuance of what he does so well. And I, I, I really think that's the thing is now that he's retired and now we're going to have probably what two months of talking about this to get ratings up for all your shows, talk about Brady every day. I think the one thing that's going to come out as you talk to players, what made him so great is the nuance of how he played the game. He did these little nuanced things that always put his team in a position to win, to to win that play, to win that series, to win that game. Um, it's That's why I think a lot of fans can't go, oh, he's the best of all time outside the Super Bowl rings. They don't see the magic in what made him wasn't the arm, wasn't the feet, wasn't the stature, uh, wasn't the athleticism, it was the nuance of how he played the game. And I think a lot of young, great quarterbacks now will go and, although they're probably better athletes than Tom, they'll talk about Peyton and Tom, especially those two, of how much they learned from those two, watching them play these little parts of the game that aren't talked about very much. Great to talk to you. Uh, good luck with uh, UAB, certainly Panini, and uh, nice to catch up again. Thank you, Trent. Thanks, Dan. Good seeing you, man. It's uh, Trent Dilfer. Won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, now the head coach of the University at Alabama at Birmingham, and joining us on behalf of Panini America. We'll take a break. Have we located Seton O'Connor yet? Paulie? I mean, seriously, we haven't heard from him. I'll check with the guys in the back. Okay. <laughs> He's scheduled to join us in five minutes. Great. Well, we'll take a break, and uh, we'll be back with your phone calls. Charles Barkley will join us in the final hour of the program. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's another Usher song I'm not familiar with, Marvin. But you can do Deep Voice Danny right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You ever heard of uh, The Quiet Storm? No. That format of radio where like it's late night R&B, like... I think Fritzy and uh, Paulie would know for sure, like that Johnny Gill, that Anita Baker. Ooh, Ralph Tresvant. Ralph Tresvant, for oh, sure. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we're coming back with Usher. Oh, this, is sure. from, this is from Kim, from Leonard. Yeah. He says he's sorry. Yeah. And he wants you back. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Something like Delilah or something. Yes. Great. The Road to Super Week is brought to you by Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. New classes start every month. I mentioned to the boys in the back, I mentioned to uh, Seton, or uh, to Paulie and uh, Marv and Fritzy, we haven't heard from Seton all morning long. And then I started to get a little bit nervous here because nobody had heard from Seton. And then Mario said, uh, we heard from Seton. So I'm assuming we have Seton joining us now. Let's guess where Seton is. Paulie? 
Uh, I'm going to say approaching Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo, Texas. Fritzel. Stillwater, Oklahoma. Okay, Marv. Somewhere in Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. Are we close, Seton? Uh, yeah, I am in Oklahoma. I'm in Oklahoma City, as a matter of fact. Oh, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, right downtown. Yeah, we had a good night here. Okay. What? Yep. Where have you been? Because we, we haven't heard from you. We lost contact. You kind of went silent on us. Yeah, I, you know what? There's not a lot going on in the uh, plains of Texas, or excuse me, of uh, Kansas, believe it or not. So mm. it was, uh, we were driving. We were driving. We did a lot of driving yesterday from uh, Des Moines down here to Oklahoma City. We hit a bunch of different cities. Um, but it was uh, it was good. Yesterday was a little bit of a recovery day, I think, after <laughs> Des Moines. <laughs> a little bit of a recovery day. We needed a little R&R. <laughs> Hey, we want to thank uh, Des Moines for rolling out the red carpet for you and uh, you and the French kid. It sounded like you guys had a great, great time there. Yeah, next level, next level. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, so when, by the time we got here, we were pretty spent. So uh, the French kid and I just grabbed some uh, dinner at a restaurant here. And then we've been making a bit of a habit every night. when Before we go to bed, we hit the hotel bar grab a drink and just figure out what we're going to do the next day. You know what I mean? Go over our plans. What time are we getting up? This kind of thing. Right. Okay. So we get to the hotel bar and there's some kind of like a umpire convention <laughs> in town. <laughs> so okay. that's exactly right. So we walk into the bar and we're getting the gist of like, what's going on? Like you guys are all umpires. Yeah. I immediately went. What did they think of your call? Your called third strike. They kind of all looked at me like, Okay, and I was just like, what? So I called third strike, no? That's so good. So I was this close to having the best video uh, ever. I had, there was, these two dudes got into an argument over which one of them had a better called third strike. And I was just like, why don't we make it a contest? I'm like, you guys can go against each other and your other three buddies can be the uh, judges of the contest. And uh, so like the, you know, competitive juices start flowing. They're like, yeah, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I see this one dude really uh, lean over to the other buddy, and he goes, bro, I think I got some warrants, man. I can't be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> some warrants? <laughs> he goes, I okay. think I got some warrants. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. uh, all right, so w- where are you headed uh, tomorrow <laughs> or today? Uh, today we're going over to, uh, like, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, New Mexico area. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Santa Fe, you'll love. Yeah, I've heard a lot of really good things about oh, Santa Fe. Yeah. I've never been there, but uh, anybody who's been there has told me, like, oh, you're going to love it. It's great. All right, so Santa Fe and then Santa Fe to Arizona? And then, uh, yeah, tomorrow morning we'll leave Santa Fe and uh, get to Scottsdale. What happened to Nebraska? Uh, Nebraska got out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska, we <laughs> We were a little worried about there's some roads that close in Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of bailed because if I forget, what is it like I-80 or 78 or something like that? Yeah. They're like at this time of year, it closes like without any notice. So mm. we thought, hmm, Dan might be mad at us if we go that way. All right. Yes, Paul. If you go through Amarillo and I don't know if you went there last year. Remember, they had the big Texan steak ranch with the like the 96 ounce porterhouse or whatever you got to try to eat. That place yeah. is legit right off the highway. Like a like one of those challenges. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like the old ninety six. The old ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's good to hear from you. You look good. The van looks. Any issues with the van? Not a single one. No. Sc- Only that uh, us two idiots are driving it. No. But... No scratches. No nothing. Right. Everything's good. No. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's great. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. A couple of close calls, but that's it. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in Arizona. Yeah, all right, guys. I'll see you. Okay. That's Seton O'Connor. We found him on the road. And, hey, I apologize. I was just told that you can't enter the contest anymore. Everybody who was in, that is it. So I, I just – it was open for weeks. I, I apologize because I just found this out. People had called Tyler, and they wanted to know. And, look, uh, I appreciate everybody who had entered uh, the contest there. We look forward to giving it away coming up next week. Uh, next Friday at this time, we'll give it away. But uh, uh, And thank you to Mercedes with uh, providing the beautiful Sprinter van. All right. Uh, Fritzy, update the poll results. Then we got a final hour maybe poll question. If we're going to change that up, we uh, have Charles Barkley set to join us. Who would you rather have as your team's quarterback? 69% to 31%. Is it Jimmy G or Derek Carr that's got the 69%? I'm going to say Jimmy G. 
Derek Carr has 69% okay. of the Okay, all right. How about that? All right. But don't people know all Jimmy does is win? You would think, but they're going with Derek. What o- gets mentioned? What get, gets mentioned more op- often? Jimmy G always does his win, or Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season? Because <laughs> they're they're pretty close. Yeah, Paulie. Or Matt Stafford went to high school with Clayton Kershaw. That's a biggie. <laughs> Final hour on the way on this Meet Friday. Charles Barkley will join us. Hope you'll stay with us as well. One more item. We close that hour two in one an hour. It was TireRack.com. Seton O'Connor took the Sprinter van into South Bend, Indiana, and he wanted to say hello to TireRack. Great new sponsor here, TireRack.com. They've been crushing it for over 40 years, and we'd love to be able to tell you about new sponsors and uh, how proud we are to work with them. TireRack.com. We love the convenience. There's so many great things. They've got experience, knowledge, passion, easy-to-use tire decision guide. Answer a couple of questions. You get a personalized tire recommendation in about two minutes. The right tires for how and what and where you drive. Full lineup of the Sumitomo tires. All the great tires there. Plus, tires ship to you, or or they have over 10,000 recommended installers. And in some areas, they offer mobile tire installation, a game changer. TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.